previously on Anything Goes. I was like, we should have an unengagement party. I was like, the problem is we got engaged. And so now people expect a wedding. Right. But we actually went away and we chose a place. And when we started making lists and family, and I just like, I was like, oh, I can't do this. I don't want to spend 25 grand on no. one day. No, no. I don't want to deal with my family. I wouldn't have a good time. I'd no, be like, that- ah, my friends. Because I literally picture my very Christian family, like, Watching my friends get drunk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Grandma's going to go to the washroom. Someone will be doing coke off a toilet. Sure. <laughs> the one, Hopefully not the one that she's using. Yeah, yeah. That'd be even weirder. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, Nana, just move, scoot over. Yeah. Over. Like, that's a conversation when you actually have to say, like, we need to talk to our friends. Because I actually said, I do not want anyone bringing cocaine to our wedding. When you have that to conversation. say that? Yes, yes. You're like, maybe, you know what? Maybe we shouldn't have a big A group wedding. A wedding, yeah. yeah. And now, let's get to a new exciting show. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Are you ready for some laughs? Are you? Don't touch that dial. It was molested, and it brings back horrible memories. This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost. How the fuck am I funny? And Dave Martin. What have we got here? A fucking comedian. Can you dig it? Uh, Fuck, I hate doing these things by myself. Okay. Uh, welcome to the show. This is Anything Goes for the week of November 6th, uh, 2013. Do I even need to mention that? Thank you for listening. Um, we are uh, playing one of the last of the interviews that we did while uh, Darren and I were in Ottawa. Darren and I were working at the club that weekend, and uh, the one of the other comics we were working with uh, was the uh, very funny guy, uh, Garrett Clark, originally from Australia, moved to BC. He'll tell us all this stuff about himself. Uh, when uh, when we get him in front of the microphones. Um, what else can I say? Uh, Darren and I were just in Calgary recently, um, and we will be moving on to Edmonton for the weekend of uh, November 8th and 9th. Uh, Darren actually wants me to mention that he's going to be in uh, Ottawa for New Year's Eve, so uh, get your tickets in advance for uh, Ottawa, Darren, New Year's Eve. And uh, I will be actually be in November. I will be November 14th, 15th, and 16th. I will be in uh, Vancouver. And then I will actually also be in Windsor on the 29th and 30th at a place called the Comedy the Comedy Quarry. Uh, comedy is not with a Q, but I guess that wouldn't really make any sense or be really shitty wordplay if they try to make the comedy a Q in that. But it is the Comedy Quarry in Windsor. I will be headlining that. And that is on the 29th and 30th of November. But uh, let's not waste any more time. Let's get to our interview, our little chat that we had with Garrett Clark out of Darren Frost's hotel room in uh, Ottawa. All right, here we go. Yeah, right. Unfortunately, there's a lot of young comics who just is like, hey, come see me. I'm in Ajax. Uh, Ajax, Ajax, Ajax. And nobody comes. It's like you should wait until – I'm not saying wait until you're a full headliner, but wait, you know – Maybe not push every single date you have. Just push some kind of important ones or, you know, a big deal. Totally. And then, you know, go crazy. But, you know, this whole idea is it's my third set ever. If you guys don't come out, I'm going to be upset. Something to back it up as well. I mean, well, and also it's sort of like, 
I would say just save those people for like contests and uh, and showcases on uh, uh, nights where you really do need a crowd rather yeah. than support. If the yeah. manager's not going to like acknowledge it, then what's the point in sort of going, you know, you know, balls out to try to get people to come to see you? Yeah. I mean, I I heard boy a million years ago, even back in in, in Yucks, it's sort of like if what was it of a certain amount of people came. Oh, head count. They used to do a door deal, yeah. yeah. Oh, like if you brought a certain amount of friends? like what, you're Not even about, like, that. Not even night? that. Just based on, like, in the... Uh, and we're recording now, right? It's yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's going. Um, what happened, used to happen in the uh, 80s, late 80s, especially in Alberta, they did a door deal in that for every person past a certain number, the headliner got a dollar, the MC got 50 cents, and the middle oh, got a quarter. Right? So if, <clears> if it sold out all weekend, you'd get a tip. Like, the headliner would get a tip of, like, 300 bucks. Oh, yeah. The MC would get 150 bucks, and the middle would get 100 bucks. Extra, just, hey, we've done well. Thank you, kind of thing. Yeah. And that made the comics kind of be like, while they're walking the streets, hey, you should come to the show. Come out to the show. Check hey, me out yuck this yucks. weekend. Yeah. And not just give out free tickets, but, hey, but push it, because the more people that came out, the better it off was for them. They probably stopped doing that because social media is out there, and it's that much easier to plug everyone. Suddenly, everyone's bringing shitloads of friends, and then they're like, oh, shit, we've got to well, tip these guys out. Well, this happened well uh, before social yeah. media. I think they just thought to themselves, these people are coming out anyways. The comics are not making a big difference. Let's keep that money mm-hmm. and not give it to the comics. Yeah, of course. Once again, you know, comedy clubs doing the old, let's not try to keep the comics happy for the smallest amount of money we have to pay. Let's take that away from them, and they'll just have to work under different circumstances. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well. And this is, this is all coming from the same guy who's like, who went to a graveyard and would take the names of people who had died, put those names up on the marquee, and if when the club would still sell out, you know, Mark Russell would be like, "See, nobody's coming for you guys." And oh my God, is that true? Yeah, I never heard that story. No, that's like, uh, yeah, that's written in books of just like, yeah, would Mark Mark would go to a graveyard, just get the names of dead people, <laughs> put them up on the marquee, <laughs> and the club would still sell out. Random dead people or dead comics? No, random dead, dead people. people. Imagine that was your dad on the marquee. What Whoa, the fuck? Oh, my God. Ken Clark. Yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, come see Ken Clark this week. I'm like, what the fuck? How long have you been doing stand-up, Dad? <laughs> well, Maybe but he that didn't would be... die. Maybe he just left us. Uh, yeah, but that would be the classic, like, well, it could be a different Ken Clark. Who knows? But it's yeah. like, but it's like, yeah, but it's just those stupid ways that he tries to make sure that people are just going to continue to come to see the name. But the but the name like is the umbrella over all the clubs, and it's not like if people have a good time. If people have a great time, great. If people have a bad time, they'll remember that they went to Yuck Yucks and had a bad time. Well, it's like rap And, and so it's, it's not like, uh, oh, I went to go and see this person I had a bad mm. time. And so it, it works almost against the club rather than for it. Well, Simon Rakoff has got the famous quote. I mean, most people attribute it to him that says, yes, they may come to the comedy club because of the name of the comedy club, but they come back because of me. Mm-hmm. Because if the show is shitty, they're not coming back because they're only going to be burned once. If they do come back, it's because the show is great and the comics are great. That's true. Know? That's very true. Because if someone goes and has a bad time, which happens often, sure. then, then they, went, they had a bad time at Yuck Yucks. Right. They didn't have a bad time at Simon Rakoff or whatever. Right, right, but yeah. If, but if they're like, oh, my God, that was fucking amazing. It was like, oh, Simon, this guy Simon was yeah. amazing. Yes. Not Yuck Yucks. Right. Yeah, so, so you know, if they're going to go home and write something on their refrigerator, they'll write, you know, as you know, they'll say, "Oh, I'm I'm not going to go see Darren Frost again." But or what's what's better and worse for the company that they write one name that they don't want to see again, or the company's name that they don't want to go back to again? Yeah, yeah. You know. Now, how how old are you again? I just turned twenty eight. Twenty eight. That's mm-hmm. right. Yeah, twenty eight. Remember those days, Dave? What, what were you doing? Uh, barely. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Full how old time. Were you when you started. 
I started uh, in university, so I started when I was like 20 years nice. old. You were full-time by the time you were 28. Uh, yeah, oh yeah, I was full-time by the time I was, um, how old was I? Meaning no other Yeah, 95. Job, no other income. Stopped in 95. Stopped so I was working, 24. Yeah. I just stopped like two weeks ago as well. Right. Like, yeah, so this is, this is 28, full-time, baby. Yeah. Got to make it work now. It's, it's funny when you stop your full-time job. I mean, for the first three years, I lived like a rat. Mm. I lived a very basic lifestyle. I had a, a, you know, a room in a house. It wasn't expensive rent, and I didn't drink or do drugs or anything crazy. So I lived you know, on 500 bucks a month yeah. in downtown Toronto. Uh, and even back then, that's still very low, even though it was the 90s. That's still not a lot of money. But uh, so you've just done it two weeks ago, and there's got to be some nervousness there of like, you know, I've got to be careful with my money. Oh, or... dude, yeah. I mean, like it's it's been something I've sort of been I don't want to say avoiding, but dreading for a while because it's some scary shit. Because sure. I mean, just a couple week or a couple months ago, I was supposed to come out to Ottawa, and uh, I contacted Howard a couple days before and said, Hey, can I come out a night early just based on the flight times coming into the city? Yeah. And he was like, Dude, we've got Tom Green here. So no one called you to tell you? So uh, I was just thinking, and I know I was getting ready to leave my job at that point. I was like, holy shit. I don't yeah. have suddenly just like that. I don't have there money goes this your, month. Your 500 bucks well, that Well, for, for that, that weekend yeah. that I was yeah. relying on. Sure. So naturally I was terrified. But it's a step, as you guys know, that you need to take in order at to At some point to you have to uh, lose the money and you know go for the art or whatever. Otherwise shit's just getting stagnant. I'm not growing whatsoever. Right. So I mean in order to yeah make those But strides. you did have a sweet gig because we went off to say the airline. But you worked for an airline. So, uh, you know in terms of traveling it was an easier thing for you because you could book a flight when it's cheaper you know yeah. that kind of thing and yeah, the and, uh, out to that industry. You know, and, if, and if there was like a cancellation or something like that, it wouldn't affect me. Right. You know, so th there was it, with Grady's, which I planned for. I mean, like I got that job so that I could pursue. Sure. I mean, not just the traveling, but also the uh, the schedule. Yeah. I mean, like you work so little. A full time was 15 days a month. And then <laughs> I went part time. It's eight days a month. Really? Yeah. So, I mean, like as long as you're fulfilling your hours, wherever you, you can get them in, it was uh, it was perfect for a stand up for sure. Holy. Okay, we got to go to a break now, but that was the first segment of our chat with Garrett Clark. Uh, we will be back in just a few moments. Uh, this is Anything Goes for the week of November 6th, 2013. You're, you're listening, and you're going to uh, hold on, and uh, you're going to continue to listen when we are back in just a few moments. Out there, this is Graham Kay, and you're listening to Darren Frost and Dave Martin on Anything Goes on Canada Laughs. Hooray for fun! <laughs> Thank you. Wipe off your face, we're back. This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost. And Dave Martin. All right. We are back from the break. This is uh, Anything Goes for the week of November 6th, 2013. I don't even... Oh, fuck. I'm going to stop you saying the, the year because it's not uh, important. But our uh, guest this week is Garrett Clark. And uh, we recorded these shows while Darren and I were working at the club in uh, Ottawa. And uh, we got a chance to sit down with uh, Garrett Clark, and uh, here's more of our conversation with him. Yeah, that's dope. Yeah. Did you ever run into comics on a plane? Yeah, I flew Nikki Payne. Yes. Uh, from Toronto to Vancouver, I flew Tim Nutt as well a couple of years ago. Right. Uh, Dan Quinn 
I, yeah. I took to Mexico. Spoiled him with some extra bits and bites. It really sounds like you're flying the plane when you say it like that. Uh, I flew, yeah, no, I I snacked. Let me ask you this, because I'm sure (laughs) even non-comics always wonder this. So you're a stewardess, or what's your steward? Stewardess. No, stewardess is what I... So you... But they fly from mostly Canada, right? And then they do these destinations where it's like, yeah, the Caribbean or whatever. Mm-hmm. So we assume being your job, you fly from you know Toronto to Vancouver, to, you know Vancouver back to Winnipeg, maybe stay over in a hotel, get up the next day, work again. Mm-hmm. But what's it like when you fly to the Caribbean? Are you able to stay in a nice place or is it just a basic hotel, back on the plane and back home? The Caribbean's a little bit different because it's actually uh, within the time uh, range that you can return. Right. Well, so if they don't have to put you up there, they're not going to. However, we did stay in the Bahamas, and yeah, whenever we'd stay in these places, Jamaica as well, St. Lucia, Barbados, uh, it was wicked. I was yeah. just in Port of Spain. That was one of my last shifts. However, being based out of Vancouver, for the six years, my primary destinations were the four Hawaiian islands that we fly to, and okay. when I started, there were 48-hour layovers at like the top resorts, too, right. so they do treat you well. Like It is a pretty glamorous yeah, life yeah. in some respects. And especially then, for your early 20s where all you totally. want to do is travel oh, totally. and out hang out on the beach for a couple shit. hours. And that, yeah. I always wanted to be a pilot anyway. So, I mean, like to me, just being around planes was fucking awesome. Right. Yeah. But, yeah, just chilling on the beach. And, then and you know, that, that was the glamorous part. But then other times I'm getting treated like shit and getting thrown up on on planes. So, I mean, of course. It, it balances out. Yeah. But, <laughs> I mean, you... I always wondered about that, that, like the layovers and, you know, yeah, a bit of a gang mentality because as long as you get along with your crew on the flight, it's like – you're young, maybe all single. You can go out together, you know. Do things to each other. Well, yeah. Yeah, well. <laughs> is that, I mean, but because that, that must be weird. Because, I mean, if you're partying with other flight attendants and you land in a new city, like, do you always work with the same crew? I'm just wondering about, like, fooling around, like, sex on the planes and things like that. No, that, no, that doesn't happen. No? This, the planes that we had are all 737s, so the washrooms are always visible. Yeah, There's yeah. no way for you to sneak in. And plus, I think everyone's pretty good with being professional right. while they're working. Yeah, and then However, off time. Layovers, on off time, you know, I don't think it happens as much as people would think. Actually, when I got the job with the airline, I was the shuttle driver for them in Kelowna. That's how I got on. Okay. More flight attendants hit on me then. And, you know, we went out for drinks then after I joined the Oh, airline. probably because they want to make a distance between... That's right. I mean, they're not, they know they're not they going to see too much. Yeah. It's just, you know, a little fun in that town, a little shuttle boy. Yeah. yeah. A little fucking... I guess if you had some, like, weirdly awkward sex with another flight attendant, and then you have to be on an eight-hour flight with them, you oh, know, you're staring. That's yeah. right. Yeah, because then you oh, all want to be like, ah. Oh, yeah, you that's know. the first thing I would think to- of. Totally, well, went, just totally went limp. Well, yeah, and now whatever. You're stare yeah. at them for eight hours. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> coming home on a red yeah. eye. Well, uh. but it's, so, it's like you know. It's imagine having a one night stand with someone and then having to be on a plane with them for the next day, like. You know, for the next that's like, fucking Dave's hours. nightmare. Sometimes that is after, a Dave's like, nightmare. That is everybody's nightmare. Like after a one night stand, like you, sometimes you just want the fucking separation immediately. Yeah, yeah, Bye, bye. Let alone sitting with them for eight hours. Exactly, exactly. Ooh. Yeah, and then wow. you still have to carry on, like you know, you know, cordially with the other person for, for the other. Sure, for Did sure. anyone? What was like the worst freak out moment that you had, that, as far passenger wise? Yeah. That you had to deal with, like freak out passenger ones. Yeah, like yeah. someone yeah. had to get escorted off a plane, or oh yeah, that happened. Rude. Yeah, I mean, we don't mess around with that stuff, and it's amazing the things that people will do on a plane. You have to be careful with the shit that you say. Yeah, but I've had people um, uh, get off. I mean, obviously for intoxicated reasons, like you'll just smell them when they get on. Not allowed to fly. If you're if you're wasted, because if there's an emergency, it's going to hinder your of course. Yeah. the evacuation process, and then. Everyone else's. Yeah, yeah. You, um, you seat that guy beside the emergency hatch and just like, sir, sir. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Do you know what to do? Pull the red bar down with your palm facing in. In. Yeah. Just act it out for I him. don't feel like it. 
But uh, no, there was a couple instances. I think that uh, one dude in particular, I forget why I feel like he was related to the Hells Angels, but I feel like that was said. Right. I think like he was threatening while, while getting off or something yeah. like that. He, he put all his underage too. prostitutes in the overhead compartment. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> like, I think that was a bit of a giveaway. <laughs> uh, that was a give. It was, it was after the third underage hooker. You're lucky uh, I'm not wearing my colors. Did yeah. you see that too? <laughs> something along those lines. But you know, then the RCMP will meet the plane and they ask everyone to stay seated and it's friggin' awkward and you think that they're going to throw a fist at you when they're getting off. But uh, I've had people collapse as well on yeah. me like like standing there and just like I don't feel well and you see it in their eyes you see them fading right and then uh, you know they'll just sort of fall and uh, oh yeah there's there's some weird shit and it's scary too because on those Hawaii flights in particular like one lady I remember she was coming down nervous flyer pumped herself full of gravel right. uh, to help with uh, coming down out. but then she drank like two bottles of red wine yeah and she was falling asleep mm. and not like in a good way like yeah. her husband couldn't wake her and we were uh, just around that uh, point of no return mark where you're by the way Vancouver to Hawaii is one of the is I believe the longest open water flight that there is on the planet how long is it uh, well it's only six hours but what I mean by that is, is it's that there's on no water islands there's no islands overland. to divert to. Yes, There's yeah, nothing yeah. for you. So, yeah, you're three and a half hours out. And you've got to go to Hawaii. You the can't alternative is, is San Francisco, but it's, you know, it's only like a 10-minute difference which way you go. So then, and if someone passes out or if someone actually dies, or get medical this. Emergency, Unless yeah. there's a doctor on board the plane, we have to to pronounce them dead. We have to continue performing CPR legally until a doctor pronounces them dead on the ground. So the crew for three hours or whatever yeah. it is, even on landing, yeah, has yeah. to continue. Breaking ribs. Really, right. Heavy shit, man. Training for that job was pretty... So you started out driving, right? And yeah. And then to become a flight attendant, you, do you speak French? No. So you don't have to speak French Just to work? Just their pants off. Right. But what training did you have to do then to become a flight attendant? One month of training. Uh, of, of, a lot of it was tedious, boring shit about where the emergency equipment was, like on paper stuff, which I was never good at in school. Right. I had kinesthetic. I had to get up, you know. And, uh, but also there was a simulator, like a Mach 737. You'd get in, evacuate it, put out fires, deploy life rafts, that sort of shit. Yeah. But uh, for the most part, it was pretty And tedious. where was that based out of, that school? Calgary. Okay. Oh, you had to yeah. watch the first season of Airline. Oh, that Pan Am or whatever it was. Yeah, Pan Am, yeah, sorry. Pan Am, yeah. Pan Air Airline was the reality show. Yeah. Did you ever get like um people who were like trying to be like these armchair sort of uh you know uh air marshals of just like people being like, Psst, you might want to watch that person over there. I, I, <laughs> They, um, well, we, just because just because at the we, comedy club last night, it was like I could, there was like a table of drunks, and they were obviously like taking out bottles of booze that were in like water containers and pouring them into the into the thing. Yeah, and so I told I told that, one yeah. of the guys that I was just sort of like. Ah, this isn't really you were the place. air marshal, man. I was. You I were was marshaling the, I was the comedy, comedy club. club air marshal. I was like, uh, <clears throat> was that like a movie? Was it Tommy Lee Jones? I don't know what. Yeah, there are. There are on uh, in both the U.S. and Canada. I think we've got a different term for them up here. But uh, but uh, yeah, I can't talk about. Yeah, I can't give you the the details of what the symbols are. I'll happily tell you guys after. But on the yeah, air, yeah, I, right. I'll okay, get yeah, some but, shit about what what the no. But I'm talking are, about like other passengers saying. Hey, you know, oh, that, like, oh, like, person. just like mock, like, like self-proclaimed air marshals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like, hey, you might want to watch out for those oh, dude, towel heads. So many there. times, like, it's more those t towel heads. Towel heads. Oh, like, like another, <laughs> I'm, I'm in like playing a character. Person on the plane saying to you, "Hey, that guy looks." Hey, that know? guy's got a fucking towel on his head. Yeah. Yeah. No, totally. Yeah. Um, it's more like smells. Like people oh, will be I like, Yo, you know, that noise, and and they think they they're like, you know, I've flown. 
a couple of times this year, <laughs> and, I, and I haven't smelt that before. Yeah, and yeah, we're just like, yeah. oh, well, we'll call the captain, sir. Because yeah. when the engines are starting too, like the fumes from the from the jets, uh, the the exhaust will come into the cabin, yeah. and you know we'll have a rather alarming sometimes petroly smell. Yeah, know? yeah, sure. But uh, yeah, certain noises as well with people. But there's like been instances where people, and it's a touchy subject, but like religion, like if, if a dude is like standing up in the middle of the plane meditating and he's yeah, got a yeah, towel yeah, on his yeah, head, yeah, yeah, it's like yeah, holy yeah, fuck, yeah, 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 is this yeah. guy saying a prayer before he yeah, does something yeah, crazy? Yeah. It's like, what the fuck do we... Well, you know what happened to me? I did a comedy festival years ago in Canmore. So I flew from Toronto to Calgary and then Calgary back. And it was Sunday afternoon, and it was around maybe 2 as the return flight. So me and another comic, who will remain nameless, because I don't know if he wants this as public knowledge. doesn't really portray him in the best light. But anyways, we get on board this flight. He's severely hungover. I'm not. And this is literally the Sunday, and on the Saturday, they broke in Toronto the story of the terrorist uh, sect that they arrested 17 dudes that they're planning this terrorist attack in in Canada or whatever. And so it was all in the news. Another terrorist attack, another terrorist attack. And so the door's about to close, and like literally 17 people of Muslim faith or Arabic descent, I don't know what the proper term is, Mm -hmm. I don't want to be rude, get on board the plane. And they all sit in different seats on the plane. They all stand. They all look at them, each other. They all talk in Arabic, I believe, and kind of nod at each other and all sit down at the same time, right? Wow. And I'm not going to lie. I found that weird, too. It was weird. <laughs> of course, yeah. It probably was just some fucking soccer team that all just barely caught the flight, and they all just took whatever seat they could and mm-hmm. just came on at the end. But, you know, the day before, it was terrorism, terrorism, right? So this, uh, this other comic started to hyperventilate and started to freak oh, out. Oh, wow. He's, like, yeah, really started to freak out, out yeah. right? And I was like, hey, man, it's okay. I probably didn't add to it. I'm like, hey, if it's our time to go, it's our time to go. Yeah, that wouldn't <laughs> like, be the great. Oh, this is the you can't control that shit. <laughs> someone well, wants he, to come up here and stab us in the face, then they're going to do well, it. Well, he said to me, he goes, well, aren't you worried? I'm like, that's why I said, hey, if it's my time to go. Well, that's and, a, uh, first of all, that's a, that's a horrible thing to say because at any moment you could have just gotten off the plane. That's No. It is in your control. No, because he had gotten up, right? He went to the main stewardess, but she's literally closing the door. He goes, I got to get off this plane. Whoa. She goes, and he, she goes, excuse me? He goes, is there another flight today? And she said, well, there's a red eye. Everything else is sold time. Everything yeah. else is sold out today. Because yeah. Sunday, you know, Sunday's a busy yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. And she goes, and I don't even know if that plane is sold out. You might have to stay till tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I go to the comic. I, go, I can't stay till tomorrow. I got kids. Like, I, I got to go. Mm-hmm. And if we're going to die, I got to die. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't say that part. That's not, but, yeah, okay. No, I didn't say that part. Yeah. But, so he sat down. That's when he asked me, like, what do you think? I said, well, I said, if it's our time to go, it's our time to go. But, which probably didn't help the situation. But he started to really hyperventilate and started to really freak out. Yeah. So they moved us to row one. Mm-hmm. And they moved those other people back. And the one stewardess sat with us for, you know, a good hour of the flight wow. after doing all the emergency stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, you okay? You better calm down. Let me get you some water. And are you okay? And he eventually calmed down. He was already passed out. And I'm like, holy fuck, what a nightmare. Yeah. But I'm like, I'm sure that shit happens a lot because people are nervous flyers. And, you know, these shows like Airline or not Airline, what's the one where it's always a crash? Mayday. Oh, Mayday. Mayday. Yeah. Why do they fucking show Mayday on the, on plane. the plane? I know. It's I've just been one of the on the plane Discovery and seen people watching like, Mayday. Back to back episodes. Yeah, like too. it's a Mayday marathon. I flew to Vancouver <laughs> once, saw three episodes of Mayday in a row. I'm like, well, it's like, it's, you know, if, 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 the, cat, <laughs> if the pilot is on the episode. Yeah. Then it's okay. Well, I'll keep watching because they lived. But, yeah. you know, if they have the uh, you know, reenactments of the pilot, well, yeah. they're sort of like, oh, that's kind of. This... But hopefully they preview each thing. Uh, no, movie, they don't. Episode. 
I always they might, I, no, why, they don't. They I mean, and people, like, people, yeah, it, totally, and it's, it's on often on the plane too. But I always find it amusing too. But well, first of all, just because I have my pilot's license, I have a better. Once you have an understanding of how shit works, I think you're just you're more educated and you're calmer. Right, not as nervous. But yeah. just I was a second city boy before I got into the stand-up thing, so I know like a bunch of people who act in that show, right. like as the pilots. Yeah, like, sure. Robbie Fulton is one of them. Yeah. I often see him on that, and then so, another dude as well. I forget his name, but just the faces you'd see, I'd be like, "Oh, holy shit! Look at that! You're gonna die, Robbie! You're <laughs> yeah, gonna yeah. die!" So I, I've, I've been on that show once, and I had to. Have was, you? Yeah, we, it was the uh, the Captain Scully flight. Oh my god! You were on that in, episode? Uh, uh, yeah, when he landed in the harbor, and uh, <laughs> I had to pull like bur- chunks of bird out of the uh, engine because you know the cool because Canadian geese went into the uh, yeah. the engines. Are you he, being serious right now? You were, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. wicked! Me, I'm looking Dave, that up. Me and Dave Hempstead are on that one. That is so funny. The uh, last time I went over to uh, England, uh, I'm in the flight, and then. Uh, at one point in the flight, there was just this moisture that was, I get, and they've told me later it was moisture building up, but like this water is coming and it starts yep. dropping into the plane. That happens a lot too. I know, but then. I wouldn't know that's normal. Yeah, people freak out. But, well, yeah. That would be upsetting. Actually, it surprises me how calm people are actually for the right. most part when that stuff happens. But it's just like they, they didn't give me uh, an explanation of it. They were just like. Uh, Why can't that be in the fucking sleeve in front instead of showing the dummy go down the side? I know how to go down a fucking yeah, slide. Sometimes water might, might pour happen. on your head. Well, no, sometimes there'll be water. And so these things, it ten things gas. that might freak someone out, but don't worry about it. You might smell gas. You might this. I know how to fucking dummy goes down a slide. I don't need to see the international fold-out dummy going down a slide. For sure. I want to know why I'm getting fucking rain on my head. Yeah, no, but it, but it just they didn't point? give it an explanation. They were just like, oh, yeah, that happens all the time. Yeah, which well, I'm sure they say all the time. It's good. But... I think, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think it's very interesting that, uh, first of all, I have my pilot's license. Flight attendant, we're talking about the Mayday show that was on the show. Yeah. You were on the goddamn show. Yeah. I don't think we could be thinking about any, talking about anything really more topical, like related to us <laughs> yeah. right now. That's very <laughs> impressive. Everything just came full circle there. Now, I, I heard um, that this was actually a thing that, they, that Virgin Airlines was going to start doing on flights from, like, from like, New York to London, that they were going to actually, because they have like a, they have like a lounge upstairs on some planes, and then they were actually going to have like a stand-up comic perform. Oh Jesus! And that was a nightmare game. Oh. I, don't, I don't know if uh... well, WestJet did that. I think when they were starting out, they had some. I actually met. I forget who they were, but a couple of the comics. They were just doing like the short Calgary Vancouver flights. Yeah, and they had a stand-up at the front, but it wasn't like a. PA, it was just over the normal PA phone system Terrible that they do sound, the announcements. Yeah. Terrible sound. Didn't go over well, and then you're just trapped. You can't leave. Right. With that's worse than a boat. Yeah, yeah. That's worse than performing Eat on a shit, boat. And then he's just going to yeah. stare at everyone. It's like the first of all, I hate when they do the jokes. Anyways, why is the apple cross the road? I don't, I don't give a fuck. Shut up. Get the plane in the air. You're interrupting my program. Just and get annoying. the plane in the air. It's like uh, grandmothers think it's cute. Yeah. That's because they're going to die soon. <laughs> okay. Everything is cute as long as they're breathing. Some of them sing to you as well. It's, oh, I've always found that annoying. Man. Yeah. What was it? Uh, and yeah, one I of them called me on it. I see you're not laughing, sir. I bet you one one moment. I see you not. I bet you think I'm fu- you're funnier than I am. Yeah. And I just like just shut your mouth. Yeah, shut Darren. your mouth. You don't hear mouth. mouth. You get up there, and start swearing. Yeah. My son takes a hate shit. Yeah, exactly. And he's, yeah. He's telling That's right. Time. This one, plane's fucking going down. One time I was taking my family to uh, the Dominican for a, uh, a vacation, and my dad uh, was traveling with us, and he's got this big, beautiful Super Bowl ring. And right. the, the flight attendant spotted it. And she was like, "Oh, what is that?" And he starts. He, he's all proud. He's like, oh, "It's my Super Bowl." ring she's like oh my god like she makes a scene and she's like i'm gonna make an announcement can i make oh, an announcement like, and we're like no don't what, what are you gonna say look who's on the plane yeah that, that is, 
That the, is the most ridiculous The guy thing. wearing a nice ring is on the plane. Yeah. Was, what the hell? When they, they played Hairspray on the plane, and I'm in it, and um, they announced it once. Someone recognized me because they were watching it, and they did the turn. They looked at me, and uh, I think it was Hairspray or something, and they looked at me, and <laughs> they looked again. They looked at me, and then they told the stewardess, and they may not said, oh, we have an actor on board. Oh, Darren. my God. Because they came up to me, and I'm like, oh, I should just shut my mouth. But I said, oh, okay, it's Darren Frost. The worst one ever. I did this documentary for Discovery. And it was about stand-up comedy. They followed four comedians. It was me, Ron Jossel, Joanna Downey, and Nathan McIntosh. So, you know, was each person... Was Wilmot in that, too? The... Well, Wilmot was at the round table, but oh, they didn't okay. follow yeah, Wilmot. Yeah. So each person was uh, pegged into a category. Joanna's the female comic. Uh, Nathan was the young upstart starting yep. out, right? Jossel was the um, kind of like... Um, I don't know what's a, what's a good way of saying it. Kind Minority? of. Minority? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, no, but yeah, not the white guy, you know, the straight. And I'm the. The kind not of, white guy. Well, yeah, yep. but I'm the kind of veteran road dog, right? Mm-hmm. So they come and they film me uh, doing my DVD. And sometimes when I don't like a crowd, I'll close it by doing that joke, which you may have saw last night, where I admit to eating my own cum. Yeah. Right? As yeah. a purposely kind of like fucking with the crowd yeah, tonight, yeah. right? So they come and film my DVD, and they film me doing an hour of comedy, yeah. right? The documentary comes out, and I'm sitting there watching it with my wife. The first time it's on Discovery, <laughs> and they play very little of my stand-up. And then they start playing the intro to that joke, and I scream, oh, my God. And Brian, my wife goes, what are you talking about? Oh, my God. They're playing the eating the cum joke. Oh, my God. On and Discovery? She's like, and she's like, there's no way. And they did the whole fucking joke. What? Right? I'm like, what the fuck? Like the eating Discovery cum joke? Channel. Right? I'm like, this is what I'm going to be known for? Hey, I'm the eating the cum yeah. comic. Right? And that's the only bit they showed and too. Here's the problem. They air it on Air Canada. Ooh. Oh, no. Okay? And the thing is, you know, staff, if they're flying to another thing, they just sit there and they've already watched it all. So they've seen everything yep. that Air Canada has because it's not channels. It's just so much. They know you at this point. Right. Yeah. Every Air Canada employee knows me. So I was in <laughs> Halifax once and was recognized three times by Air Canada employees. And one was a pilot that walked up and said, hey, I recognize you. I really reckon. Like, I just saw you in something. <laughs> I'm like, oh, fuck. I go, you're an Air Canada employee? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I go, Discovery Channel documentary? Yeah. Y- yeah. yeah. And then he's had this look <laughs> on his face of, you're the cum eater. Yeah. Tra- he tries to keep his cool. You're the cum eater. Like, is it still around? Can you still watch that somewhere? I gotta, I've tried to get a copy of it. Can they we won't watch give you, me one. Your cum somewhere? No. <laughs> they won't give me a copy of it, oh, the documentary. Bastards. That's really annoying, eh? I know. When you film this shit for me, they don't let you even have a copy. Oh, fucking, I asked to use some of it as a part of like a small part of my DVD. Yeah, demo And they wanted to charge me. I'm like, I gave you all my footage for free, and you followed me around for free, and you mm-hmm. gotta, gonna, you can use a minute and a half. Uh, go fuck yourself. That's yeah. why I don't let anyone do documentaries unless I have control of something. Oh, some totally. Of stuff. Well, it's anything in general. What's that? I said that's not going to happen, so I'm not going to give them control of your documentary. Right, right. Of their documentary, anyway. The, um, I, I just, I don't know, I, I couldn't imagine it. it would be, you know, it, especially, there'd probably be such a list of things that you couldn't talk about doing stand-up on a plane. Oh, yeah. That would be just like, you can't make fun of the airline, you can't make fun of the staff, you can't make fun of, like, there could be no dimensions of Yeah, I, I just like don't that. even remember. Like, I mean, plus, it's not the environment. People are flying. They're they're tripped out that they're flying. Like, who, you know, 
go to a comedy club in a plane? No. Yeah. But yeah, those are always those probably sounded like a nice idea on the ground. Yeah. And then they were like, hey, you know what would be great? You and know what they no- should do in Japan? The upper area should be like a love hotel. So if you're with your wife, you want to get away from her, you want a little hand job or something from a secretary, <laughs> you just go to the upper deck and it's a love hotel. They have do they do that? Oh, they do have like massage. Like, there's like a Korean airline that I think had like foot massage. Well, I, yeah, maybe Singapore. Uh, air, sure. actually, yeah. But anyway, but, but yeah, those new Airbus A380s. I mean, that would be a different scenario from the 737s because those things are nuts. I flew back to Sydney on one of those recently, and I was downstairs. So downstairs is just like economy class, just like a normal plane. But going upstairs, like everything's changed. There's a stand-up bar. There are showers, yeah. full showers, full beds, showers on a plane. But these things can t- go around the world. Yeah. Like yeah, these yeah, ridiculous-sized yeah. planes that hold something like 400 people. Did that story about you booking the flight to Sydney ha- happen? No. Oh, 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 it didn't at all? No, no. Okay, because I, w- I was like, I, I, rem- I heard it, the one where you, like, there's the Sydney, Nova Sydney Scotia, Nova Scotia, Sydney, 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 South Wales, yeah. But uh, I could just, uh, yeah. I, Can but you that- tell the story? I don't even know the story. It's uh, just, uh, basically, I'm telling people that they have to be careful when they're booking a ticket to Sydney, Australia, particularly with Air Canada, because the airport abbreviation for Sydney, Australia is Sydney NS, because it's in New South Wales. But there's another Sydney NS that our Canada flies to, which is Sydney, Nova Scotia. And that's legit, though. Like, when I was yeah, looking at yeah, the yeah, t- yeah. I didn't actually fly on the plane, but I looked it up and I was like, this can't be right. Because, yeah, it just says Sydney NS, which is both. Like, right. if you look up Qantas, Sydney NS, that's Sydney, Australia. Right. But if you look up Air Canada, they do go to Sydney, Australia, but Sydney NS would be the first one that pops up. Right. right. Yeah, so yeah, you yeah. just have to really pay attention for a second before you book a ticket to Nova Scotia. But so, yeah, 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 the bit just goes that he saw the cheap flight. It's very funny. And, uh, but also, <laughs> but more than anything, it, it seemed totally plausible. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like a, a story that I was sort of like, I don't think that really happened, but because I do that all the time. Of course. When I hear like outrageous stories. But yeah, that, pretty much I, in my act. I don't that, think he that, raped that, his dad, uh, really. Well, I know most of the shit that I. Is there something that you say that isn't. Is there a joke, straight, a truth that you've stretched? On stage? There, to be honest, there is only one time in my entire career that I can remember of any joke where I stretch the truth to the point where it's like, mm, it's borderline whether I should present it the way I do. And all that is, is I actually, when I was young, I chased Wayne Gretzky on an ice cream bike, like a Dickie D ice cream <laughs> bike. That's true. I actually did do that. But part of the joke of the story, and I don't do it anymore, but what it is, I chased him on a bike and he went up a curb and like sprinted through a park. And he was laughing while I was chasing him. Yeah. He thought it was funny, right? I don't tell you that when I tell the story. So I tried to get up the curb as well, but these things are really top-heavy. So I literally did try to, like, gun at it and try to bunny hop it, but yeah. you can't. It's top-heavy, <laughs> right? So it just hit the curb, and the back shot up. Oh, no. And I flew off, and I landed on the ground, and I looked up, and Wayne uh, is uh, he's laughing at me, Wayne Gretzky. Right? <laughs> so I tell the story like that, and yeah, I look up, and Wayne Gretzky's guy. laughing yeah. at me, right? But – what I didn't say was he, you know, was laughing at me because I crashed. He was just still laughing at me. Oh yeah. I think if Wayne Gretzky saw me crash and get hurt, right. Not for a single second would I be like, "Oh my God, you know, Wayne Gretzky's an asshole." Yeah. You know, he was just laughing because of the ridiculousness of of me chasing him. Did on he come and help you? Him. Did he help you up? He didn't see me crash. Oh okay, okay. I just look up and I just still see him running, laughing, running, uh, running because he's still laughing. laughing at the beginning of the ah, whole. Ah, you know. thing, yeah. But when I presented on stage, I say I crash, and Wayne Gretzky laughed at me, and I go, "Fuck you, Wayne Gretzky." <laughs> Fuck you, like this, right? So the story is true, but that's where I stretch the truth just a little bit for the effect of the story. That's the only time in your career? Pretty much. Have you never had like uh, like little jokes before you got into you know your voice where you're telling stories about your life? Have you never I never told, like- alter the facts of a story 
adding a tag to something is one thing, but altering the facts of a story to make it fit inside to a, a joke, no. Mm. Yeah, I always I, try to keep as close to the truth as I possibly can, and then adding tags is different. Yeah, yeah. Like there's, there, I mean, there's, there's jokes, there's bits that I have that are sort of pretty well based in the truth. I mean, there's, like, have I ever called into a, have I ever come, come home drunk and called into a place that I didn't work at? Uh, just to say that I'm not showing up. No, I haven't done that. You had that thought. I've had that thought, yeah. But, I mean, there isn't, like, a joke about relationships or sex that hasn't been based in the truth. And then, uh, But I I just know, like, if I completely made up a story, but I think I would have a hard time saying it. Selling it it every single night. But, I mean, but that's, and and if they're telling, you know, you're just up there telling stories. There's no reason why you can't make shit up. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's Uh, an individual thing. But, I mean, but like that, like, I didn't, when you told that story, there wasn't. I was sort of like, "Oh wow, I, that's I, a big j- mistake." Well, I mean, well, the, I thought the, that it actually could the have happened. The premise of it did happen. I yeah. looked at it, but I, obviously yeah. I caught it before I booked the ticket. Right. right. But I just yeah continued on with it. Like, as there's if nothing I, wrong with that. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, no, no, nothing wrong with that. But yeah, I, I, I just am too sticky for it's like oh god. First of all, I don't even want to tell this story more than once, and then you get stuck in. I'm telling it, you know, oh, three thousand times. This is a part of my act now. No, oh shit. Yeah, and yeah. it's like it's my go-to story when I'm bombing and they want something clean. All of a sudden, I'm chasing Wayne Gretzky. What? <laughs> And I tell every comic, if you ever see me telling that story, I am dying inside I'm in pain. on stage. Yeah, I hate I'm myself. I'm like, I hate this. <laughs> um, this is the only way I'm not going to hang myself in some shitty hotel room with a blood-stained fucking you know a carpet or a bed sheet. So yeah, I do it and I get through it. But yeah, most most things are are true. When did you drop the impressions? Because I remember when I first met you in Kelowna, yeah. uh, it, it was like a lot, a lot of impressions. Yeah, that's uh, really what gave me the balls to do it, is that I could do voices. I stopped doing them once I wrote enough material to fill time. I mean, were, there, were there comics that would hack on you? For oh, so, like most. But some people defend it. Like Damon Schritter, he yeah. thinks that I should be focusing more on that, just being more original with it. Sure. But, uh, but for the most part, comics just made me feel like a piece of shit. Yeah. Which, you know, as now that I'm a little more seasoned, I can understand why and, and that I can, you know. Yeah, but it's still that's, I mean, we had this argument before about sort of like, uh, you know what, I mean, if I, if I felt comfortable with doing impressions, I, I would probably do them all the time. But, it, but it's all my own sort of sick part of my head that just says, oh, Because man. I was ragged on so right, much, yeah. it always pains me now, which is unfortunate because I always prided myself on, on some pretty unique and good impressions. Sure. Um, and I, I have faith that I'll figure out a, a way to do them again, but that'll come. Like, right now, I just have to focus on my words and my jokes and my voice itself. Yeah. See, but, to uh, me, I don't think any comic should tell another comic what to do. Yeah. Um, that sounds hypocritical because I have done that in the past. But for me, it's like if you're, let's say you're like one of my best friends does impressions. Mark Walker, he's very, he's very good at it. Yep. But he also does a mix of impressions and and stomp and stand up bits that have nothing to do with impressions. Mm-hmm. And he just kind of filters a little bit or, or adds a little bit of flair by adding an impression in between certain things. Um, the one thing I don't like is when a comic gets off stage and thinks they're reinventing comedy or they're doing something super original. They walk around with a swagger. Yeah, like, fucking, did you see what I did up there? Yeah, yeah. I fucking did that. That's my own Schwarzenegger up there. And it's like, you know... You know, like really, like you should, probably shouldn't be. But you know, if you did a great job and the crowd loved you and you felt good about it, that's what's most important um, to keep doing it. Uh, other comics, fuck them; they're not going to pay your rent. Yeah, well, at, at a certain point in your career, they are going to pay your rent. I think because I mean, when you're an up and comer, like they're just like people like Dan Quinn didn't want to book me if I was doing impressions, you know. So at that point, I mean, yes, but. Th- after that, once you've made somewhat of a name. Yeah, well, think, why, why would he not want to book you just because, like, if you're doing well, 
And if I own a club, then he, I... I think he's just got a high standard of, of mm. acts that he likes to book out there. And, yeah, but, you and know... Rightfully so, I guess, but... I don't you know. know. I mean, I he sh- can do whatever he wants, but mm-hmm. my answer to that is, so what? It's just one... That's one person. Mm-hmm. And that's one avenue. I mean, even if Yuck Yuck said to me, you know what, Darren? We don't like this angry thing anymore. You're too hard to work with. My career's not over. Mm-hmm. I just go do my own thing. Um, you shouldn't, you know... And now you're years ahead, and you're probably yeah. thinking this way. I understand back then you did. Then, then it was make or break, it seemed. Yeah, yeah and everything hurt that much more. Yeah, of course. Now, like to be honest with you, like I, like I couldn't care less. I mean, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to be a middle act and do this big movie trailer impression thing before a headliner. That's, right. that's for damn sure. I know better than that. But right. All right, uh, we got to go to another break, but we will be back in just a few minutes to continue our conversation with Garrett Clark. Um, this is anything goes for the week of November sixth, and um, here we'll continue on. Uh, keep listening. We'll be back. This is Sean Cullen, and you're listening to Darren Frost and Dave Martin's Anything Goes on Canada Laughs on Sirius XM. That sounded great. Thank you. Guess which host found blood in his vomit and thought, when did I drink all that blood? This is Anything Goes. Okay, this is Anything Goes for the... I don't know why I sounded so confused um, right off the top coming out of the commercial. Um, this is Anything Goes for the week of November 6th, 2000... Oh, no, I said I was going to stop doing that. It's, it's, it is 2013, but I don't feel like I should need to keep mentioning that. But uh, it's November 6th. This is Anything Goes. Uh, we are going to throw back to uh, the conclusion of our interview with Garrett Clark um, out of the hotel room that we recorded at in uh, Ottawa the weekend that we were, uh, Darren and I were there working the club. So here is the conclusion, but I believe that there will be more uh, later on the podcast. But um, let's go uh, back to Garrett. Yeah, but that's, uh, <clears throat> do, can you lose the accent that you have now? Mm-hmm. Like how long? Because it you... seems like some uh, when I saw you, and to be honest, tonight's tonight I always watch someone I haven't seen before because Thursday was a small crowd, Friday was a weird crowd. Tonight's the one I'm actually going to sit and watch your whole set. Yeah, but I did <laughs> notice. No pressure. Pressure's on. It? No, no pressure. I know the Frosties. But that's watching. why. But that's why I'm saying I didn't know that story. If you did it on yeah. stage, I only saw certain aspects. Well, plus Mike McDonald was there for crying out loud. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Okay, fuck. Um, but no. But what I was going to say is, you do your <laughs> accent does even float in and out when you're on stage now. Yeah. I mean, you obviously know that, but is that just a matter of time, or is that just certain bits you're finding your accent just kind of drops out? That's uh, not something I, I pay attention to, but I've right. been told that repeatedly. I think it's when I'm talking about Australia, it just seems to come back, because right. I'm there in my head. Right, yeah. okay, that makes sense. But when I'm talking about other shit, it's just, you know, it's, it's more the, the, the big words that, like, car and stuff right. like that, or burger. That yeah. I will. Because my sister's like that. If she thinks about Britain or she's around British people, even just for 10 minutes, all of a sudden, it's, I can't fucking understand oh, it. Oh, yeah. Like, when I'm on the phone to my stepdad in Sydney, like, it'll come, oh, yeah, hello. How are you, mate? Good yeah. to see you. <laughs> yeah. But, like, yeah, up here, it's, it's pretty much, yeah. It's, it's It'd almost be funny if you ended your set by completely losing your accent 
and then just say that you've been doing an impression <laughs> just coming, of a guy. Just coming out yeah. and be like, fuck, no, actually, I've been doing Schrider, an impression I, the whole show. That was Good another night. thing. Like, Schroeder, like, tried to out me one night and say he's a fucking fake. It's, you know, like, <laughs> it was actually very funny. But, yeah, like, <laughs> he wanted to out me for being just this fraud. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's weird because, yeah, you do, like, in the beginning when you are just sort of like you're, you're meeting comics for the first time. And, you, you know, I mean, I, I did it for far too long of just playing to the back of the room just because, yeah. you know, at the beginning, you know, you get Meaning to... The, you're performing for comics? Yeah, 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 which, I mean, was was fun for me, and I liked doing it, but also I realized I wasn't sort of... I wasn't getting paid work very much just because... But it's like, you know, you, you, you get to the show, and you're hanging around with the comics, and then you do whatever you do on stage, and then you get off, and you're still hanging around with the other comics. That, that to me, is your... You, and then... You want to go out and for drinks afterwards, and even if you, even if you bomb or you stuck it to the crowd, then you kind of get their sort of approval. Yeah. But and then that it it means so much at that point. But then after a while, you're sort of like, oh well, maybe I should start to making uh, the people that actually paid a ticket to laugh a little bit more. Yeah. That's why I wouldn't. I mean, I wouldn't. Worry Which is about always what like I've always had a hard. So like I mean, like I obviously want. Like we were talking about last night, I have a hard time talking to people that I respect. Yeah, I have, yeah, yeah. It's a difficult thing, and uh, your guys' opinion, I, I value that. So sometimes it, it's difficult for me to ask a question about a certain thing. But, but that's why I take certain things so, um, like a little bit, I think it's so weird that, like I was called a crowd pleaser by Pete Johansson. Right, yeah, we yeah, talked yeah. about this. Yeah, yeah. we did. And, uh, and I didn't see what the problem in that was, but he was saying it in a facetious way, in, in, like, in a way that was not good. Right. But I was like, well, for years, like even still, like, I'm like, isn't that the point? Like, I mean, of course I want to be original, but I mean... Yeah, yeah, yeah you want to please, you do want to please the crowd. I just think it's... Way, I, I think another word is like cheerleader. People don't really, or sort of like... We talked about this before. There's a fine line be between being a crowd pleaser and a cheerleader. A cheerleader doesn't actually make jokes. They just string a bunch of lines together. Loud noises. That, uh, loud noises. But not just, but a lot of even terms or saying things that you know the, the crowd's going to agree with. Canada is the greatest country in the world. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, alcohol. We put alcohol in our beer, Americans. Wah, 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 wah. Hey, for the troops. Yeah, you know. I love this town. It's the greatest town. I mean, oh, fuck that town. Insert, you know, local town that we're <laughs> fun of. Yeah, fuck that. You know, there, there are tricks to the trade that you can go and destroy, and it doesn't matter what you put in between them because you've got these tricks in between each thing. Yeah. And sometimes that's what a lot of people who do impressions are labeled as because you're not getting a laugh until you do uh, Christopher Walken yeah, in a that's funny right. situation. And that was around the time that I was still really doing those pretty heavily, too, so I guess that makes sense. Yeah. But, that, but that's... But that's this we, we, we talked about this even before we had you come in. We were talking about this in the car about crowd-pleasing, and, yep. and, and me and Dave disagree on, on certain things about it. Uh, I think there's nothing wrong with it as long as you're aware of it and you're still trying to work on it because I said this to you the other night that there's nothing wrong with being a crowd pleaser. To me, that means you're probably more performer than writer. Yeah. And as long as you're aware of that, you're trying That's to get right. your writing up, eventually it might even flip that you're a better writer than performer. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm going to start... And it might not, but there's nothing wrong. As long as you're not walking around with a big head... And I also gave you that piece of advice that I said to you about uh, what Mike Wilmot once said to me, and that uh, I'll, the other comic will remain nameless. And this is really important for any all the young comics listening to the show. But if someone says something to you, your first instinct is to hate it or go fuck them, or that hurts or whatever. But sometimes people say things to you, and I'm not saying Pete did this to you because I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. I, I would have to ask Pete. But Mike would always rag on me, and then there was a real lame comic. That he would just say, hey, good show. Good show, yeah, yeah. Right? And then he told me once, he goes, if I'm ragging on you or saying shit like that to you, it's because I care and I know you can do better. Yeah, I see potential in you. Right, and, and I see potential help. in yeah. you doing better. The other person is just a fucking write-off. Write-off. No sense in wasting no the sense. energy. Now, right. I don't like that attitude 
Because that's the old I punch you to make you stronger thing. I mean, that's how Mike deals with it, and I, I don't have a problem with Mike. I'm not a fan of that style of thing to do, but I understand it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And sometimes it's when people say things, uh, it's easy to try to take the negative aspect of it or you know, kind of look at it for what it is. And you know, sometimes and that's why I also asked you if Pete told you that or you asked it. Yeah. Because sometimes a lot of comics ask for something. The comics honest because they want you to get better, and they go, "Oh, I can't believe you said that." Yeah. Then you're hurt for eight years. Yeah. Yeah. I'm <laughs> carry it around with you. I'm gonna start telling the audience that I just found out that uh, I'm gonna be a dad, and I, <laughs> afterwards they're gonna be like, "I just wanted an applause break. I'm sorry." Oh yeah. Time. Anytime it's not my day's well. not great, and I tonight's just, my my wife's eighth anniversary. Yeah. <laughs> just something like that. Yeah. Or or people that like. Uh, but then it's always weird when people, you can tell in their eyes that they're expecting applause. Like when yeah. someone says, I just, well, I just, uh, I just quit smoking. And then yeah. people, are, or, or people just take, well, my favorite is always like, oh, I just found out I'm an uncle. And people will apply, applaud for that. I'm like, well, two, two other people fucked. I could be an uncle now. And yeah, have no yeah idea. totally. It's sort of I like, know people with a kid applaud me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, it's really easy to get the label of crowd pleaser when you're a very likable person on stage. Mm-hmm. Right, so we went and saw Jesse Joyce last night, right? And we interviewed him yesterday, and I saw clips of him, and I even said it to him. I go, "You're very playful on stage. You're not vicious." Mm-hmm. And because he is kind of in that genre of edgy comedy, most are vicious or angry or or whatever. And he's very playful, and he's a very good example of a very likable guy on stage, like likability up the wazoo. Mm-hmm. But he can get away with saying very harsh things because it's like nobody would ever call him crowd pleasing and he's got such pretty blue eyes you know did you notice it's that because coke, coke eyes as it's he called it's them. because the writing is there inside a likable personality yeah. he had pretty blue coke eyes yeah Dave liked that one Dave liked that one wow my first album pretty blue coke, <laughs> pretty eyes. Blue coke eyes right on what was it like actually be like now why whatever landed you in Cologne in the first place I just went I was in Toronto yeah. I had this thing where I any, any show that I I got on, I closed, like three of them, I, did, I hosted a show for CBC within three months of me being on it, went under, and it was on for years. Tony and Tina's wedding, I joined the cast, oh, within, yeah. within three oh, months, shit. Okay. went under, and uh, it, that's not why I ran away, but I it was just like, fuck, I was in this apartment with this big rent, I just got on right. Tony and Tina's wedding, thought I could pay it, suddenly right. I couldn't, I certainly wasn't getting money doing stand-up yet, so I, I went just to visit my sister in Banff, and then we took a road trip to BC, saw that there was a Yuck Yucks there, three nights a week, no other comic in town. Went and introduced myself to the manager. She said I could host every week. Plus, there was mountains Where was around this? me. In, in Kelowna? Kelowna? Yeah. So, so was that, yeah, that was weekly. That's right. Yeah, I it was about three that. nights a week. It was yeah, the, yeah. the best on tour gig. Yeah. And a great room, They too. fucked me, yeah. The, uh, they, they fucked me once, yeah. Oh, shit. The, uh, I, that's just... Uh, it'd be fun. So you were in... Okay, so you had Tony... What was the first production you were in? Uh, it was in three the months? CBC show? CBC, CBC, yeah, it was called The Axe. And then Tony and Tina's wedding. Yep. It would be funny. And, and I moved into my apartment, and then three months later it blew up, and then yeah, just, just the whole building just, so caved in. So I've had to be on the run. It just, <laughs> it's, like, it's just like Final Destination, yeah. you know? Like, it's fucking after me, You have a three-month wait. Yeah, yeah. Just I, keep moving. I dated yeah. a girl for three months, then she got hit by a bus. Yeah. Yeah. I replaced Sean Cohen and the producer. She blew up. She blew up. She yeah. lost her job and then blew up. Yeah, she went under, lost her job, blew up. Just <laughs> <laughs> everything bad. But yeah, so anyway, just based on the scenario and the fact that I could, based on, on stage, where I was doing yeah. stand I could have all this stage time and plus live in this gorgeous spot. I just never came back to Toronto. Yeah, well, no, I mean, I can, base, so. I can see, I mean, to get that amount of stage time. And also, you're running into new people constantly, Every week, too. I was meeting all the pros. And right. you could work for, for your airline 
Because that's a hub there, right? It was you could work out of anywhere, but yeah, right. we did fly there and easily worked out of Kelowna for many years. Right. But uh, but yeah, everything was just too damn easy. Plus the outside aspect, which I need in my life. I need some water and I need some prettiness, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To keep me going. But uh, yeah, I just never came back. And Toronto now obviously would be an easier city to live out of doing stand up. But the Vancouver thing is great. Of getting deeper into acting and stuff now. So and why are you so girl crazy? The whole time we've been together, the past forty eight hours, you've been so girl crazy. Just like ugh. Yeah, oh, it's like oh, I gotta, I gotta one. stop with the girls and get serious with my life. Oh, and... that I was, so I was just saying, yeah, I was a distraction. I don't yeah. know why, but yeah, like every. Have time you always I see been girl crazy? Girl, yeah, right. Well, yeah, I just, I see it and it just drives me nuts. It's like much like your joke. Yeah, like Dave. Yeah, yeah. Where, like you know, no, you, you guys are hilarious at night. Seriousness. Like, oh, fuck. Yeah, I know, but it's get, it's upsetting. It like, is upsetting. It's well, but then it's sort of like women are upsetting. Tight asses suck. Upsetting, but it's it's upsetting, and then at the same time, if you ask yourself that question out loud, you realize how ridiculous it is. I'm just like oh it's so upsetting that i can't see and 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 uh and uh and and, and squeeze every girl that's out there now you're 28 have you been in a serious relationship a couple yeah but of how long uh two years oh, okay yeah right. and uh yeah they, they've all they've both had their unique instances just because between the two jobs with the airline and comedy right i'm gone a lot so well, i think that makes it keeps it easier to deal with because you know you're not in each other's face all the time yeah 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 but uh but i know i have it in me quality like, time I'm, versus quantity time yeah for sure like i know i'm not like gonna be this fucked up guy when i get into finally like a, a long-term thing but right. uh oh, hey I've come just... on i'm standing right here you don't have to stand <laughs> i'm not on, gonna be man. this dave martin yeah, you know? I'm yeah. Certainly gonna be him. oh yeah but uh but yeah i don't know just uh, i just recognize now that it's totally it consumes my mind and my thoughts right I don't know what that is. Maybe it's I wish in my twenties I was more girl crazy. Do you? I Why? really do because I was really driven and, and about my act and all this and and I used to be just like ah fuck it I'm just gonna work and do this and I wish I was more girl crazy in my twenties. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's your career has has blossomed because you weren't, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it all it's, it works out, and I you know I wouldn't have met my wife, and, and everything works for a reason. But I there is it's not regret. I just in my twenties I kind of wish I was just more you girl wish crazy. You, wish you had your fun and got it out of you. No, I had I had my STDs. dirty fun, but it's just like I think if I was more playful, like there's this, this you don't have to always go home and fuck someone, but you could just be more playful with women by being girl crazy. What? You, you know don't what have I mean? to always go home and fuck. That's well, well, no, that was in a ride. You, know I mean? yeah. like, you don't have to be so shut. I was very kind of. Um, not shut down, but not as open and friendly as I probably could have been, which I just want to have, I wish I would have had more fun and been more like kind Friendships of... Friendships and stuff and like, you know, like flirty little talks. Little flirty, and, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. when I'm on the road, instead of just going right back to my hotel room and hating myself. I hear you. You yeah. know, go out to the bar and, and, you know, talk to women, you know? Yeah, I hear you. And the, actually, it's not even like uh, you. You know what always bugs me is it was like because I I started in my I guess my mid late twenties and I just I I dove into it pre and it was just it was I uh, obsessed about it and now what's what's kind of shitty is like now I, I, I'm like I'm hit forty and it's like I'm not as obsessed as I was it's but it's now it's like more just something that I I do all the time and it's what are and, we talking about comedy job. or women? yeah no no comedy <laughs> okay. no I, I still but actually but you know what's weird is like it wasn't even until my late 30s that I got I felt confident enough with women and it was I got I built confidence through doing the stand-up and then the stand-up uh, helped uh, me be confident with women but the one thing when I was so obsessed with stand-up in my late 20s there was like a whole ga- there was like a whole a gaggle 
Well, no, 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 no. I guess what I'm saying is that there's a lot of places now that I'm in my 40s that I can't. I feel I can't go to anymore. Oh. It's like I've. I never. The whole like dance club scene. Not like I would have felt comfortable. Yeah, but it's not like I can't anyway. even go to those places to even observe it. Yeah, without right. looking like, like I'm supposed to. I'm, go, tra- I'm looking for my fact, kid or something the like fact that. that. You like, can't go is yeah. annoying. I haven't hit something like that yet. Well, that I'm aware of, but I've certainly never wanted to go out to places like that. But yeah, I can see what you mean. Like, but if, I can't the even. The fact that it would be weird that you were there. That's a piss off. If it's like a. But it's like a reference point that I can't even like. I can't even, like can't even go. I feel uncomfortable going there. Yeah. Uh, and maybe that's my own thing. But I know I also would just stand out like a sore thumb. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't. Uh, I don't even know that that world anymore because yeah. I was just well, so. I'll hang around with. I just hang around mess. the back of comedy clubs. Don't worry about it. You're not missing anything. Oh, I, I mean, Jesus, yeah. just walking outside these places the past couple nights, you see the state that these people are in. Yeah. Oh yeah. The human race is not progressing, or the human species is not progressing whatsoever. No. In that room. No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> I mean, it, it, other than just reproduction. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that is the end of the show for this week, uh, the week of November 6th. Our guest was Garrett Clark. Uh, you can check him out on his website at garrettclark.ca. And uh, I believe you can find him on Twitter at Garrett A. Clark. Um, go and check him out. Uh, if he's in your town, go and see him. And um, what else can I say? Darren Frost will be in Ottawa. That's right, Ottawa, this New Year's. And um, I have yet to know where I'm going to be. But um, if uh, you are in Edmonton, Darren and I both will be at the uh, Edmonton Yuck Yucks this coming weekend, uh, which is the 8th and 9th. Um, the following weekend, the 14th. Uh, let me just see what's here. Yeah, the 14th, 15th, and 16th, I will be in Vancouver, and I will be in uh, Windsor, Ontario, at the Comedy Quarry, uh, the 29th and 30th of November. So thank you very much for listening again this week. Um, uh, Please uh, stay tuned. Um, There's a lot more Garrett Clark uh, on the uh, podcast, so go and check us out at uh, uh, Anything Goes on SiriusXM. Uh, download, subscribe to the podcast, listen to the more uh, the rest of the Garrett Clark interview, uh, and until next time, uh, party hard and party safe. And uh, what else can I say? But uh, here you'll hear from us again. Bye. That's it for this week. Anything goes. Wants to thank Victoria for producing the show and George Westerholm for the music used. Follow the hosts on Twitter at Comedy Whore at Dave Martin World. Download new episodes every week on iTunes. Join the Facebook group and follow the show on Twitter at Anything Goes Hot. Anything Goes helps you laugh, cry, and learn something. Come back next week. And until then, take it easy.
maybe hooked up with someone because you know you're a good looking guy and you go to these towns. You got the accent first of all. You got the accent, which it's also fake. helps. Never been. I, right. you know, I knew it would help. And you ever had the old, uh, you know, you're talking to a girl and then the jealous boyfriend, which you never even knew existed. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like totally. I almost got hit in Brandon. I was uh, standing there. There was a, a young lady that served me. Uh, she was just stunning. One of those ones that just takes your breath away. Is this at the Yucks Brandon yep. gig? Yep. I just did it. I know the exact yeah. place you're So I was at the that. restaurant in the hotel. Yeah. Down there, stunning server, had a nice dinner. Didn't say, I forget what happened. I didn't say anything to her because I didn't want to just be that guy that was just like, oh, fuck, you're beautiful. You don't want to yeah, hang right. out. You know, I just didn't want to do that. But then something happened. I think she came back and like asked me what I was doing or something like that. That I just, oh, I left her a note that just said, you're fucking beautiful, made my day, thanks a lot. Didn't leave my number or anything like that because right. I just wanted it to be a nice compliment. Right. But then after the show, I actually saw her, as fate would have it, and uh, I, was, I went up to her, and I'm not good at this. Like, I can't just, especially at a bar when there's loud music, yeah. everything in my, in my head sounds like a stock line. Right. There's no smooth way to go talk yeah. to someone. So she's there with her friends. So the way that I was going to do it, she was, like, fussing around with her, her friend's hair. So I just thought I'd playfully join in, be like, oh, yeah, yeah, this would look better like that. And then the girl whose hair... That I was touching her fucking boyfriend comes and body checks me out of the way and says, hey, what the fuck are you doing kind of thing and puts his back up to me. And it was just like really awkward because the girl, the waitress, knew that I left her the note and it was this lovely thing. And then like, oh, it was really awkward after that. And he basically told me to take a hike. And right. I was drunk and, you know, like oh, said yeah. a couple of things that I, I probably shouldn't have. I was like, it's OK, man. I'm no threat. But I, but I said he was just like yeah I know you're not a threat and then I and then I said to him and then I said to him so why are you so insecure then yeah and then he just stared at me and at that moment I knew that like any time he could have just brought right. his fist I know, up but and the, the, yeah the, there have oh. been there have been times where I've been talking to people and they're in my head and if I start to sort of verbally challenge them there is that part of my brain that goes wait a minute there's no bouncer to take this guy away oh, at yeah. any moment I'm still gonna get hit as well oh yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. at like least it, once you, you yeah. realize that oh man I don't have a microphone in my hand yeah. uh, I'm not on a stage I'm just a, I'm no just one's a gonna, dude right now yeah I'm just like some smart ass in a bar mm -hmm. like the line I do about don't flirt with girls on the road because they they girls will flirt with comedians to make their boyfriends jealous and boyfriends exactly show their right, girlfriends yeah. how much they love them by punching a comedian yeah. in the face that actually there was like a that happened to um, I was out east with like Aaron Berg and Sam Easton, and there was like a girl who was like flirting with Sam, and then he starts getting these text messages, and then all of a sudden he realizes that like the boyfriend found the phone and was just like, and then he gets a call, <laughs> and it was Ugh. just this like, oh shit, yeah. <laughs> up the phone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's like one of those things of just like uh, it can be it can be dangerous because it, it's the same thing about like you don't. If you're getting paid in cash, don't pull it out or don't count yeah, it. Show it, yeah. Because guys know that you're leaving town the next day. Yeah, with cash. And I think that's even maybe even sometimes girls are like, oh, he's going to be gone tomorrow, so I'll just have like a, a fling with the comedian or something like that. I can see that happening because mm -hmm. they know that you're going to be gone, and they know if you if some guys know that you know, if you're getting paid in cash at the end of the night. Because I've heard some bad story. Like when I first started, there was like Glenn Foster was like, uh, we did some uh, the office in Peterborough. Which was an okay gig at one point, yeah. and then it kind of got weirder, and then, and then they. I anyways, think, just tell but, us. But yeah, but <laughs> anyway, but anyways, we got paid cash in the end of the night, and then he was sort of like, "Don't show the know, money, don't do that," and because he told stories about people meeting the comedians out at the at their cars, yeah, and before you could drive away, you had to give. I mean, there was a big stories of that, like in Western Canada, guys like Bobby Keel and Stan Thompson, they would do a gig. Everybody knows they're getting paid in cash. I mean, they're not stupid, you know what I mean? And it's like they'd have to, you know, let's get the fuck out of here because mm -hmm. you know we got a, a pocket full of straight to the room thousand yeah. dollars, you know, because you got to get the yucks money and all that. But uh, that happened to me once actually with a chick. 
Uh, I can't remember it was Fort, uh, not Fort McMurray or Fort St. John, but some gig you had to fly from Calgary up. I did it with Peter Anthony. It was the first gig I ever did. And we do the gig. I kill Peter. Kill, everyone's great. And it's like 3 o'clock in the morning, and it's like knock, 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 knock on my door, right? And I'm like, what the fuck? So I open the door, and it's this broad from the show. And it's like, yeah, she'd stayed afterwards and talked to me and talked to me. Holy and all shit, friends had knocking to kind on of, your door? Yeah, just, I don't know how, because that's a big thing for me. I don't tell anyone where my room number is. And I open my door, and she's there, hey, like this. And I'm like, holy fuck. I said, like, I'm, no, this ain't Really? Happening. Yeah, like this ain't wow. happening. And uh, just because it did, it, it didn't reek of like she's single, bang me. It yeah. reeks. There's just something. It was yeah, smell, right? something. Yeah, yeah right. You, you wake up and we're married now. Right, right. Just <laughs> and something, my money's gone. Trust me, I wanted to pee on her. But yeah. anyways, <laughs> uh, I just I said no, and I closed the door, and she knocked again. I opened the door. I said, Look, it's just not happening. And then uh, I just got naked, right? Because I'm like, if you're gonna knock again, I'm just gonna open the door and go get the fuck out of here, mm-hmm. right? And uh, I close the door, and like 20 minutes later, the phone starts ringing, right? So I don't answer it the first time. And then the second time, I pick up the phone, and I'm like, what? And it's a dude, and he's like, I know she's in there. Oh, for Christ's sake. What? He goes, I know my girlfriend's in your room. Did they have some little plan? I have no idea. I'm like, look, man, your girlfriend knocked on my door. I closed the door. She's not here. And it's like, I knew knew she was there like this. And "Ah," and then I was talking about fucking... This is crazy. That's when you call security. Well, you know, well, first of all, she should never have found out what room I was in. I don't know how she possibly yeah, that's, found that's out. Yeah, that's an error. Well, I desk. mean, there was one kind of, like, I worked, I know, uh, it was uh, Aaron, I, Aaron Berg I worked with for a while. Sometimes in his act, he would have mentioned what hotel we were yeah. in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it was Mike Cliff who, I uh, remember, took him aside and just said, listen, don't you, ever. you got to fucking stop doing that because mm-hmm. you can also mention any hotel that you, in the city that you're... You can say we, anything. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it's don't yeah. make it the one yeah, we're yeah. actually at. Yeah. And yeah, don't... Room number. We'd always do that as crew members as well with the airline. Yeah. Oh, really? What people people often ask, where are you staying? Yeah. Maybe not thinking innocently, but you don't know who's listening. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, you can't tell them that. Yeah. I just I. uh, And that that Kelowna gig is where you stay in the hotel. Yeah. The one time I did it, um, it was a crazy UFC night, and it was always Uh, like, you know, UFC night, everyone bombs, everyone bombs, and I'm like, whatever, I go on, I killed because I'm the anger troll. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, I don't put up with it, and but I pissed off this one. Or a couple tables. It was busy, and I'm selling my merch. And uh, these five guys, I guess, are outside because someone comes back and goes, "You better call the police." I'm like, "Why?" And these five guys are waiting outside to fight you. Oh and fuck! I, and I go, "Well, you know." And then he goes, no, no, you don't understand. They don't know each other. They're fighting each other to fight you. Like I'm gonna hit them first. Like this. what? And they're like scrapping outside. And I'm like, "Well, I'm gonna sell my merch." And you know what you do with cokeheads? You wait, and they ain't gonna wait. They're gonna go look for more coke. <laughs> they're gonna look for a bathroom to get some. Yeah. Right. They're gonna leave. Right. So I waited 20 minutes, and they were all gone. But there was a couple people still outside. You know, smoking cigarettes. And going, oh yeah, it's fucking crazy. And then I'm like, yeah, I had to go through the back exit because everybody yeah. knows you stay in that hotel. Yep. Right, so I had to say to the staff, "You better get me out through the fucking kitchen or something." Yeah, oh, and those crazy. those UFC meatheads they covered too. Him, covered him in a blanket and they took him out from one building to the other. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've had those a couple in, instances in a like that where you've had to really yeah sneak out because people have been mad. Not yeah, necessarily because yeah. of me, because of another comic. <laughs> right, sometimes too, like in Quinell, Colonna, a couple of times. Just these meatheads, you know. Oh yeah. Oh, it's brutal. I can't believe that more of us haven't gotten our asses kicked. To be honest. Yeah. With oh you. yeah. 
Scary oh, yeah. shit, man. I've had, you know, I've had a lot of people waiting and want to fight, and, you know, because on stage I'm not going to back down, and then it becomes, okay, this is real life now. Yeah, oh, fuck, man. I remember once in Kelowna, uh, I don't think it was a UFC night, but John Steinberg was there. Oh. And, uh, you know, John, a very funny guy, sure. but an all-writer. Sure. All, yeah, you know, so, like, he's not up there. Not a Kelowna crowd kind of guy. He's up there. Look him up. He's very funny. You'll know what I'm talking about. Yeah. But, uh, like, he, he gets up on stage. He, well, he's on stage. He's doing his stuff, and it's not going over. Right. It was just one of those nights, and People were like, you know, they're wearing the Ed Hardy and the UFC shit. And, and just for you know, everyone who's listening, w- just to understand John Steinberg, it's a very Stephen Wright delivery. It's all monotone. Either. It's all based on the words. There's no inflection. There's no energy. And if it isn't working, there's not a lot of ability for him to kind of flip a switch and change it Absolutely. up. Absolutely. Like, yeah, and, and whatever, like whenever someone's chit-chatting, it's very audible because of the yeah, way he does it. So, so this table right up front is talking, talking, talking. And John just turns to them very slowly and says, sir, can you please be quiet? And then continues on with this joke, and they're like, okay. Continues on. A couple seconds later again, sir, can you please be quiet? Does it again. <laughs> and then the third time, like from that to, to zero to 100 in a second, he says, sir, can you please shut your mouth? I can smell your mother's cunt from here. Right. <laughs> and then the dude, he's with two girls, is embarrassed, doesn't know how to handle that embarrassment. So he says, what? Gets up, gets on stage pushes John and John I mean he's fucking twig you know he's just like yeah. like that and so then actually that was the weekend Pete was there Pete myself and someone who uh, ran or worked at the bar and I think Rob Bolson as well we went up and just fucking got the guy the hell out of there and John awkwardly finished his set yeah 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 but it's just that's the that's the sort of shit that happens and that wasn't even extreme no like that wasn't a personal that was just a line yeah to get him to shut up, you know, yeah. and you know, and people just lose their minds. Have you used that line on uh, on the Thursday night that we were here? Uh, there were two uh, young drunk ladies that uh, got into our car on the way back uh, to the oh, hotel. Yeah, let's tell and, that story, uh, then we got to wrap it up. Tell yeah. the story. Yeah. Well, anyways, we were. Uh, we you had, guys were drunk. We had I'm far driving too much to drink, you home, and uh, and yeah, and Darren's the designated driver, and. I think has, was this before or after the falafels? This was is before. Before, before yeah. we go to the car, we're figuring out where we're going to eat. We're in the market, which is a you know a predominantly young kind of place where you know people go to drink and then eat like falafels and subs at like three o'clock in the morning. Sure. And we're talking, and then all of a sudden these two girls walk by, and Dave's like, "Hey, how you doing?" Like this, and they're like, "Hi." hi <laughs> I didn't hi. expect. That. I didn't think they would get in the car. No, I, well, I wasn't wait, wait. They're like, that. "Hey, yeah. what's going on?" It was all them. They just no, did it. Yeah, and Dave, you were like, oh, we know we're going to go for something to eat. That's what we're going to do. I want, why don't you come along? That's what you said to them. Yeah, yeah, and they're okay, like, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. So they all got in the car, which is very weird. <laughs> and rare. It's and not like rare, it rare, like, you know, like two 40-year-old dudes and a 20-year-old dude, and they were 24, maybe 25, yeah, like young. young. And they're like, so, hey, we're not from here. We just got right from the airport to here, and, and where, where are you guys from? And I think you and we were from Toronto. <laughs> And how come you're here? And then Garrett said, uh, We're here for the 2013 International Fucking Suck. <laughs> and then one of the girls says, which I, I couldn't believe you said it. And you didn't say it that nice either. You're like, we're said, here for the, oh, suck we're here for fuck. the fucking suck? Yeah. <laughs> very like defined. started now. Very defined. <laughs> Sucking fuck. And uh, she goes, well, who won? Which I thought was funny. She handled it well. Handled it very well. And then all of a sudden, the next stoplight, we're just going to kind of get out of the car now and go get something to eat. Yeah, <laughs> no, I ruined it. Skills weren't well. We didn't carry on with the scene of this. Like, I ruined it. Well, 
Well, it. sadly, both of us lost. Uh, yeah. Wasn't to- totally my fault. Yeah. yeah we so didn't I continue on with the sketch. Stupid vines that I've been doing that like involve me giving invitations to people for the fucking suck. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. the fucking suck. <laughs> Just such a vulgar name for a party. Yeah, <laughs> and it's also one of those, you know, who wins and who loses. Yeah, it's like the hammer fight, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, so if people want to get a hold of Garrett Clark, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you? I'm on Twitter at Garrett A. Clark. You can find, I've got a Facebook page too, otherwise GarrettClark.ca. .ca. Right on, right on. Okay, all right, thanks. Well, thanks, uh, yeah, we got one more show tonight. and or well, A couple no, more two, tonight. And two. thanks for having me on the podcast, guys. I, yeah. I have admired both of you since I started in this uh, in this thing, and it, yeah, it's, it's, it's so fun to be working with you this weekend. Very Appreciate cool. It. All right, man. Yeah, thanks. Thank you. Yeah. Turn that off, make sure it's not playing.